Trying to grab all the groceries in one trip? Oof, not how you would have done that. You know sometimes less is more. Like when you drive less and save with the USAA annual mileage discount. USAA. Get a quote today. When you save on auto insurance for driving safe with USAA SafePilot, you'll feel like a big deal. Even in a traffic jam. Save up to 30% with USAA SafePilot. Restrictions apply. You're about to experience a life-giving message from Bishop Kevin Foreman, the People's Bishop and Pastor of Harvest Church. We exist to lead people to totally love God, love people, and love life as one church in global locations. Find out more on our website at www.harvestchurch.church or get our app by texting the word HARVEST to the number 55498. Your faithful giving is how we continue to bring life-giving messages like these to you. So bless what blesses you in our app or online at www.harvestchurch.church forward slash give. Now, here's today's life-giving message. Take our confession of faith together. I'm in my year of jubilee. I'm expecting celebration, emancipation, and restoration every day. In Jesus' name, amen. So God, we ask that you speak right now. We are open and we are ready. We declare we are not distracted in any way, shape, form, or fashion. But God, we declare that we are in a position to receive. Father, I cancel all pride that would try to block the flow of your word being received. We cancel any stubbornness. We cancel any stiff-neckedness. We cancel anything that would block us from receiving this word today in Jesus' name. So to prove it, we say these words. We are open and we are ready. Come on, in the building and online. Online, you type it in the building, you say it. Say, we are open and we are ready in Jesus' name. Let's go to work. So this is your year of jubilee. Say, this is my jubilee year. Uh Uh-uh, I don't even believe you. Say that thing like you actually believe that. Say, this is my jubilee year. Three things you can expect. You should know these. Number one, celebration. Everything for you in a jubilee year is win or win. Now, if you're like, Bishop Foreman, what in the world is a jubilee year? I encourage you to go back to the series I taught this called Jubilee that breaks this down so you can see that this is a biblically mandated year that you cannot treat like any other year. For many of you, 2023 is going to be the year you mark that everything in your life changed for the better. This is not going to be a repeat of 22. It's not going to be a repeat of 21. This is not going to be a repeat of any prior years. Why? God has set this year apart and said that this year is to be consecrated. What does that mean? Set this one apart. In other words, think of it like this. I made you a plate that can't nobody touch but you. Oh, my God. If you've ever, if, if there were ever about somebody cooking some good food and you couldn't get there uh, or you weren't there yet, you have to work, you have to do something. They tell you this. I made you a plate and I set it to the side. And watch me. They wouldn't let anybody else touch your plate. Well, you better hear me Wednesday. God has made you an overflowing plate this year. And he said, can't nobody touch it but you. I need you to touch somebody next to you and say, there's a plate waiting on you. I don't like the way you said that. And it's got all of what you want. It's got macaroni and cheese, greens, corn, but everything that you want to make you celebrate. Say it again. Say, there's a plate waiting for me. Celebration, win or win. Number two, emancipation. You will have no restrictions. I keep this cage out here because many Christians live in a caged place and a caged stage of life waiting on God to get them out of something that they don't even need to be let out of. 
What do you mean? You're not even locked in it. It's just that you have told yourself, I can't do this, I can't do that. And the scripture says you can do what? All things through Christ that strengthens you, which means you have no restrictions this year. When they said I need a degree, they need a degree. There are no restrictions for you. When they said I got to have this credit score, they need that credit score. I wish there were some Jubilee people in this building that knew that I got no restrictions this year. What everybody else got to do, that does not apply to me because I'm in my jubilee year. Wave your hand one time say, jubilee for me. Number three, it is a year of restoration. What does this mean? It will be better than before. Anytime God restores something, he makes it better than it was before. Listen to me. You may first be introduced to something that does not look good. Watch me. But because it's jubilee, it will become better because you're there. I need some of y'all to hear me. Your restoration is going to start looking ratchet. But when you show up, God says, I now have permission to make that thing better. You're so anointed. Say, how anointed am I, Bishop? That you can step into a messed up, jacked up, trifling situation. But because you stepped on the scene, all of a sudden, everything in that situation has to come up and it's got to be better. I wish you'd touch three people and tell them you're that anointed. You're that anointed. You make things better than they were before. You make people better than they were before. Please give me what I need. You make people better than they were before. You make situations better than they were before. You make circumstances. Your company's better than it was before because their profitability is going up because you're there. So for some of you, your restoration will start out looking ratchet, but when you get there, permission will be given for better to be authorized. There's certain things that can't be authorized until a jubilee person shows up. For some of you, watch me, you got relatives that watch me, they need their health restored. Watch me, it can't happen until you step in the room. And all you got to do is step in the room and say, I don't know what to pray, but I know what my bishop been saying. We are 100% healthy and we are 100% healed and healing is the children's bread. And since I'm here, you don't have a right to stay in this bed. Since I'm here, you don't have a right to be on this ventilator. Why? It's your jubilee. Say it's my jubilee year. Now. Everything in this year will be better than before. Everything. Say it like you mean it. Say everything. That includes your relationships. So this series is called The Ships. Why? To learn how to make all relationships better. And I've taught you that a relationship is this. It is a decision to engage in perpetual connection, association, or involvement. And these are three different dynamics. Number one, a connection means we're linked. When you're connected to somebody, you're linked to them, not what they do. Let this be revelation for many of you that many people were around you but never ever connected to you. Um, why? Because when you didn't share that thing in common, then there was no longer any communication with the individual because they were never linked to you. Let me go ahead and give you deeper revelation. For many people, when they say they love you, watch me, they, they, what they love is this association, is that you all share a joint purpose. They love the fact that we do this together, but it's not that I actually love you in this. 
Third, watch me, involvement. This means they're a participant. This means these are people that you may do things with, you may experience things with, but that's the extent of the interaction. These are people that you may have lunch with, but the reality is everything at the lunch is a surface level conversation because they are only participating. We don't even share a joint purpose and we're not connected, which means that we're not really linked. And since we're not really linked, that means that there's no real depth to what we're able to do as it relates to our connection. Sunday, I taught you that relationships are only as good as the people in them. Stop praying for a better marriage. You need to be a better husband. Stop praying for a better, a better marriage. You need to be a better wife. Stop praying for a better family. You need to pray, pray to be a better whatever role you play in that family. Relationships are only as good as the people in them, which means to have better relationships, you've got to have better people. I need you to speak this over your life because for many of you, watch me, uh, the first part of this year was the last part of this year where you're going to have the level of people you've been dealing with. It ain't that you think you're better than them, but you are better than that. I wish I had two of y'all that would elbow somebody and say, I'm better than that. I I'm better than inconsistent friends. I, I, I'm better than people that don't want to see me do well. I'm better than pouring into people that are secretly taking my pour and wasting it. I'm better than that. Let's go. So I taught you um, uh, and I, on Sunday to ask this question. What type of person are they? You're not going to have better relationships if you don't first ask yourself this question. What type of person are they? And I began to teach you these seven things that every relationship needs and these questions that you can ask to figure out what type of person they are. Number one, every relationship you need what? Clarity on why. Why does this relationship exist? If you can't answer that question, you don't need to move to question two. You need to end the relationship. If there is no why, what are we doing? I'll tell you what you're doing. Wasting time. I'll tell you what they are, a distraction. But some of you hear me, since the enemy knows he can't stop you, you want to know what he does? He distracts you. So if you look at your day, you didn't spend most of your time with people who haven't helped you go anywhere. Which means you're effectively dead because you've made no progress, but you sure had a good time on the phone. Y'all ain't talking. You sure had a good time gossiping about other people and what they got going on. You sure also had a good time sharing TikToks and sharing Instagrams and sharing quotes. But watch me, but neither one of y'all got anything checked off of your to-do list. Preach, Bishop. Number two, Christ. The scripture says you cannot become partners with those who what? Reject God. It's very different than you don't know God, but to reject God means you've had an opportunity to come to him. You've chosen to reject him, which means I am not supposed to engage in relationship with you. Now, watch me. We, we may share a shared purpose. We may work together. We may share a shared uh, purpose. We may share uh, some level of involvement. We may participate in similar things, but you ain't going to be all up in my house. You ain't going to be all up in my automobile. You ain't going to bring your infinity stones and your sage and your crystal. You ain't bringing all of that around here. Why? Because for me and my house, we serve the Lord. And there is no other God beside him. And I won't sit up and even entertain your foolishness. Why? I don't need to hear about another God because mine is working just fine. Further, you can't find my God's body. I see where they buried yours. Number three, number three, number three, contribution or consumption. So you have to ask these questions. What are you supplying? For everything you want, what do you bring? 
Now, this is a sobering question because many people have been taught to have expectations of others that they don't have of themselves. I just expect loyal people. You are disloyal. I just want somebody to fight for me. You are a chicken. You are a two-piece with a biscuit, some red beans and rice, and a jalapeno pepper. Only thing spicy about you, watch me, is that you talk crazy. What are they supplying? What are you supplying? What are they supplying? Is this symbiotic? Watch me. Or is it all you pouring and they don't pour anything? Are you the one always paying for everything and they always talking about, I got you later? And later hasn't come in six years. Surely you got $20 from somebody you can. What is this supplying? If the relationship isn't supplying anything, let me tell you what it is doing. It is taking something. There are no neutrals. Either you are consuming or you are contributing. And I pray that you have relationships that bring contribution to you and you bring contribution to them. It's a different type of feeling when, when there's a symbiotic flow going on. Right? It's a different type of experience when there's a symbiosis going on. You're supplying and they're supplying, which means you like to see them coming because you're excited to supply what you supply, but you also know that they came what they supply. You got an encouraging word, but you're also excited that they got an encouraging one too. You're going to speak something to lift them up, but you're also excited they're they going to speak something to lift you up. I pray you have people that when you see their names on your phone call you, that you get excited because you recognize there's about to be a contribution coming. And I'm about to get an opportunity to sow into somebody else, and I'm going to reap at the same time. Number four, number four, do they have character? <laughs> this is good. Those are mental and moral qualities. Whatever people do with you, they will do to you. Whatever people do with you is a preview of what they're going to do to you. Okay? So if they lie with you, listen to me, they are going to lie on you. All they need is the right opportunity when throwing you under the bus is convenient. So you say, no, they wouldn't do me like that. They've not had a reason to do you like that yet. Let, let, let there be a reason or an opportunity arise where they now have a reason to do that. Watch me. What are their mental and moral qualities? How do they think? Some, you ever been around some people like, that's just dumb. But let's be honest. How many of you can look at something you've done and you've been like, that was dumb. Come on, let's keep it 100. Wave your hand at me online. Wave your hand at the building. Listen, don't, if you think everybody else is dumb but you, you're the dumbest one in the room. Because okay? all of us have done some crazy, stupid, dumb stuff. But let's pause for the cause and release a parenthetical praise right here. His grace and his mercy covered you. Come on, Wednesday. Say, his grace and his mercy covered me. Grace is when God gives you something good you don't deserve. And mercy is when God blocks something negative that you do deserve. What are their moral qualities? What are their mental qualities? A lot of people will begin to negotiate when it comes to character because you will think that they won't do it to you. Because you will think that you're the exception to the rule. You're not. You will be ruled by your false sense of expectation. Okay? What are the mental and moral qualities? Number five, is there good chemistry? Look at me. Do you even like them? And let me say this to every leader. Ask me, every business owner, every executive, how are you going to pay somebody you don't like? 
It's quiet in the building. Oh, I can't stand them. I have a solution. Figure that one out, okay? Amos 3.3, it says this. Can two people walk together without agreeing on the direction? Which means, chemistry means that when we come together, there's something magical that happens. When we come together, listen, it's like hand and glove. We just, there's good chemistry. But when chemistry goes bad, you have explosions in the lab. And for some of you, watch me, your chemistry with people, you literally pick people you have no chemistry with. You pick them because they're available. You're friends with them because they didn't seem to have nobody to be friends with them. Maybe there's a reason, because they have bad chemistry with everybody. If you got bad chemistry with everybody, hint, you're the poison. You don't get along with nobody except people with your same problems. It's a poisonous situation going on. It's quiet in the building. All right, let's go. All right, next. Are they competent? Are you expecting what they can't give? If I was to ask a three-year-old, drive me to the store. <laughs> okay, now watch me. First thing, they're going to come, and they're going to have them little fake keys. Give me that. Come on, Bishop, let's go. They're going to have a key that doesn't work. Next, they're going to go to a vehicle that isn't sufficient for what we need. I'm trying to get you to see this. See, watch how people handle certain things because it reveals that they don't have the competency to give you what you want. You brought me a power wheel to run me to the store. Which means you just don't have what it takes to give me what I need. Which means I either need to lower my expectation or I need to pray for somebody that's competent. There's some people when you try, okay, let's go here. Let's go to the next one. 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 Clear communication. All right, so clear communication. People say every relationship needs communication. That's not true. Relationships need clear communication. If you're communicating on AM, they're communicating on FM, and the kids are on XM, no wonder why everybody's talking but nobody's hearing. You can't hear when people are on a different channel than you. So the question is, how do we get on the same channel? Because maybe we're communicating, but we're not communicating clearly because we're on different channels, which means you hollering, they hollering, but nobody's hearing because everybody is preparing their response. I pray you be a clear communicator this year. Come on, come on, Wednesday. Come on, Wednesday. Open your mouth and say, Lord, make me a clear communicator this year. Which means I got to know the channel of that, that, who am I communicating with. I have to know the channel that they are on, and then I got to make sure that we're communicating clearly. How do I know we're not communicating clearly? Is after I finish saying all of that, you say something that has nothing to do with what I said. This means you're on a different channel. So let's back it up and let's try this thing again. Because watch me, just getting frustrated is not clear communication. I'm coming for you now. Shutting down is not clear communication. Getting your little stinking attitude is not clear communication. Slamming doors is not clear communication. Leaving the house saying, I'll be back and ain't told nobody where you're going is not clear communication. Text messages, let's go here. It is impossible to clearly communicate. 
Text messages should be for on the way, almost there, downstairs, round the corner. You look nice. I like your pants. That you know, like your suit. Okay, that's it. Why are you having full-fledged conversations on text? Touch your neighbor and say, that's not clear communication. So now you're mad. Watch me. Because you interpreted what they said and didn't hear what they said, so you heard a tone that wasn't there. Emails are not the place to communicate deep issues. I just want the email because I can't say it. Well, you better pray for some words. We can't interpret tone. We can't interpret intent. We can't interpret heart. Quiet right there. Because for most people, that's how, and I get it. It's more, it's more efficient, but it's not effective. Come on, touch the person next to you. Say, you're going to be a clear communicator this year. Mm -mm. Now, why didn't they put a praise behind that one? I don't even like that. Don't touch them no more. Touch somebody else. We're going to come back to them and give them another chance. Touch somebody else. So you're going to be a clear communicator this year. Let's put a praise behind that. You ain't going to be falling out with people because of communication. You're not going to have mess and drama and foolery because of poor communication. Open up your mouth and say, I'll be a clear communicator. This message is called People Patterns. We're halfway home. This message is called People Patterns. Why? Because um, moments can misrepresent who people are. Patterns don't. You can have a great moment and everybody think you're wonderful. And then we see your pattern and discover you just had a great moment. You can have a bad moment and everybody think you're awful. And then we see your pattern to discover you just had a bad moment. Whenever you're evaluating or examining people, you have to look at their patterns because patterns don't lie. Y'all ready? And there are three people patterns in the Bible that the Bible warns us about in a relationship context. Look at this screen. Asses, dogs, and pigs. Jesus Christ calls some people dogs, pigs, and by virtue of Moses in Deuteronomy 22.10, asses. Question. I ain't going to make you ask your neighbor which one are you. Listen, everybody look at me. And I need to kill this, especially for those of you who have a lot of mercy. Mercy is a gift, but unrestrained mercy is destructive. What is unrestrained mercy? When you have mercy for people, God wouldn't. You don't know at a certain point God got so disenchanted with the children of Israel. He said, Moses, get away from them that I may consume them in a moment. I want to start over with you, Moses. They think I picked them. I picked you. And by virtue of picking you, I picked them. They think I can't get another Hebrew people. They think I'm stuck with them. What they don't realize is I'm not stuck in no abusive relationship. You ain't finna beg me for everything. I give you what you ask for, and then you turn on me and go floozy around with some other God. So Moses, let me wipe them out, and I'll start over with you. You know what Moses did? No, God, don't do it. 
don't do it. Don't do it. What are the people going to say? See, Moses, you're so concerned with the way it looks, you don't care about what it is. You want it to look like it's something even though it ain't nothing. I pray you not be obsessed with appearances. <laughs> because appearances will have you trying to give mercy where even God wouldn't. God told Moses, I'll start over with you. I, listen, I will wipe out everybody. and start. Moses was 80-something, 80 uh, 80-plus, 80 because he was 80 when he went back. So he was between 80 and 120. And God says to Moses, Moses, hey, man, hey, son, let's start over. I'm done with them. What they don't know is the conversation me and you had. What they don't know is that I'm through and tired of them tricking with these other gods. So Moses, let's me and you start over. Moses says, no, God, no, 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 no. Keep them, give them one more chance. Give them one more chance. God says, fine, Moses. I'm going to do it because you said so. But I never, ever commanded you, Moses, look at the screen, to try to change the nature of the ass, of the pig, or of the dog. You're just supposed to adjust. You're not supposed to try to amend. Okay, Bishop Foreman, what in the world are you trying to say? For most of us, when we see these three people patterns, you know what we do? We try to fix them. It's quiet in the building. We try to help our ass not be an ass. We try to help the pig not go oink. We try to help the dog not bow wow wow. You be yo, you be yay. Bow wow, you be yo, you be. Come on, read your Bibles. <laughs> How many can be honest? Because we're about to get into this. It's about to get real, real, real fast. We're going to go in and we'll come up. Okay, because this is like surgery. Because some of you, you're going to discover you've been the ass. You've been the dog and the pig combined. You've been a monster. Them three things together are a monster. You're going to discover that the reason you had these people in your life was because spirits attracted. But this will be the last day. That the traits of the ass, the pig, or the dog will be in you. And this will be the last day that you attract those type of personalities into your life. I need you to worship God like you're getting better and your relationships are getting better. Go for three seconds. Three, two. Come on, Wednesday. Come on, shout better. So let's break this down. Deuteronomy 22.10. You hear me quote the scripture all the time because it's a powerful scripture. There's so much revelation in such a short verse. When this commandment is given in Deuteronomy 22 and 10, it says this. Thou shalt not plow with an ox and an ass together. On the surface level, it looks like a farming directive. It looks like something agricultural. It looks like God is telling, or that Moses is telling the people, listen, this isn't good for farming. That's the way it looks on the surface. And literally, it wasn't good for farming because two animals would be yoked together. A yoke was a wooden instrument that kept two oxen together. This way, whenever one ox got tired, the other ox could pick up the slack. 
Whenever one ox wasn't able to move at the same speed, the other ox was able to regain their strength while the other one kept moving. And the ox worked together. They were a team. Pay attention. They were in relationship. And if you were yoked to the right ox, you got more done. Mm. You're going to have the right people around you this year, so you're going to get more done. You're going to get more done in your life, and you're going to see them get more done in their life. Come on, open your mouth and say, I have the right people around me this year. So, so literally what would happen is some people pay attention to save money or because of laziness, they would yoke an ox, which was a legal definition. To be an ox, that you had to be legally qualified to be an ox. You just couldn't be a strong cow. You had to pass a certain threshold so that they would brand you as an ox. I need to tell you, you have been through so much and overcome so much. In the spirit, there's a brand on you that says that one there is an ox. Would you touch two people around you and say, you're an ox, you're an ox, you're an ox. You can carry more than other people. You can handle more than other people. You can take a bad hand and play it well. You have qualified for this. But the Bible says you have no business being yoked to an ass. Because while the ox, I'm going to be the ox. While the ox is working, look at what they ass doing. Deuteronomy 22.10. Now, now pay attention. Some of you wonder why you're so tired. It's because you used all your energy to get them to go, watch me, nowhere. You done had five meetings and ain't nothing fixed because you're not dealing with ox. You're dealing with... Because an ox wants to get things done an ass wants to be seen. An ass likes to buck. So a Jenny is a female donkey. A Jack is a male donkey. Hence the term Jack. You said it. Whenever I, whenever I do this, that's your cue, okay? Y'all ready? Because I was preaching about ass a few weeks ago. And people was reposting it. Pastor started sending me to They said, Bishop, you know this clip went viral. I said, no, which clip? And he said, I was preaching about this. And I said, well, where was I wrong? See, pay attention. When you're an ox, you have to have and be in relationship with other ox. Because if not, what will happen is you will feel very tired for accomplishing nothing. Tell me, this is y'all relationships. Y'all literally can't even, you can't even have a decent, where you want to go to eat? Well, I don't know. I just, I just. Y'all can't even eat. Eating is a fight. It's quiet in here. And then by the time you finish fighting, you ain't even hungry no more. I'm going to just make a bowl of cereal. Well, don't go there if we were going to do that. You could have did that in the first place. done all that fighting and got ready to sit at the house. So we going somewhere. Some of your friends, listen, 
Listen, now, now look, now, now look, you know you got to do this, you got to do this, and we're supposed to do this, and it's supposed to be your year, and you're going to be victorious, and you gonna, but and money will not be your issue, and you're going to start the business, you're going to do all of that. Gonna, all right, come on, come on, let's, let's have this business meeting. Let's have this business meeting. Let's you got something to do. You ain't got nothing. What you got to do? How you struggling and got so much business on your schedule? I ain't never seen a busy struggler. Oh, I feel very aggressive right through here. Touch the person next to you and say, I pray you be ass free this year. They always busy, but yet they work from eight to five. How you that busy? I feel this one right through here. That one came from a very deep place. So that's what the word plow means. It means be together with. The Bible says you shouldn't be together with. When you see this trait in somebody, the Bible says you shouldn't, even, you shouldn't be together with them. Which means literally be together, but then it means I shouldn't even hang around you. Because what's going to happen is I'm going to start bucking like you and think it's cute. And get downgraded from an ox, watch me, which costs a lot, to an ass, which they auction off cheaply. You shouldn't build with. Conspire. Listen to this. This is what this word means in Hebrew. Conspire to be silent with a, with a, about matters that should be discussed with a superior. Literally, all of this is the definition in Hebrew. To conspire to be silent about matters that should be discussed with a superior. To quit what you were committed to. Bible says when you get around an ass, you're going to become a quitter. You're going to have an issue with things you didn't have an issue with until you got around their ass. So because they're an ass and they got a problem with everybody in the church. Now you got a problem with everybody in the church, but you didn't have a problem with everybody in the church until you got around their ass. Say something. Say something. You loved your job until you got around their lazy ass. And now you talking about, I don't know if I like this job. I can't wait to find me. You begged God for that job. We prayed for you to get that. I wish you would talk about you don't like what you begged God for. You a nice person. And then you got around them. Now you don't speak to people. And you call it cute. You ain't cute. You're an ass. Let me be the one to tell you. If you confused, come on down here after service. I'll say it to your face. Online, let's go. Come on, Instagram me. Come on, DM me. No, listen. That's not cute. That's the person next to you. Say, it's not cute to be rude. You're not anointed because you're annoying. Come on, Bishop. We got to go. <laughs> we got to go. Look at, look at this next verse. Look at the next, not part of the verse. All this word plow in Hebrew means you should not be alone with. The Bible says if you are alone. Um, so yesterday or last week, I stumbled across the Chucky TV series. I don't know how I stumbled across it. All I know is I looked up, and it was playing. I, 
I don't understand either. I just, I looked up, I looked up the TV and it was playing. Now, I, I don't know if it just started the next program or what. So, so Chucky, for those of you that don't know, is this, is this little killer doll that's possessed with the spirit of somebody that's been here before. Ah! Who are you around that's been here before? And they got other people before you and they're trying to get you. I need you to pray that your neighbor has a hedge of protection around them. I need you to pray online that everybody you're watching with has a hedge of protection. That spirits that are trying to take them down and take them out say, say not happening to you. Ah, say it with some authority like you're praying for them. Say it's not happening to you. So... So Chucky, please listen to this revelation from Chucky. Chucky doesn't show himself when he's around too many strong people. Chucky only comes alive when all the strong people are out the room and he thinks he's got a mark he's going to be able to take down. And for some of y'all, you got to be careful who you're alone with because their spirit doesn't show when you're around the church. Their spirit doesn't show when you're online. Their spirit doesn't show when you're around strong people. But when it's just you and them, all of a sudden, Chucky start talking. You better hear what I'm saying. The spirit doesn't show until you're alone with them. Chucky wouldn't come alive until he was alone with who he thought was a mark. What's a mark? One that he could take. And so for some of y'all, watch me, they don't show themselves, themselves until you're alone. And you're like, who is this versus this? Over here, hi, I'm Chucky, do you want to play? Over here, you got a knife. The Bible says you shouldn't even be alone with this personality type. Look at this last definition, ignore leadership's direction with. That's what the definition of plow means. Leaders say A, ass say Z. Okay, so what happens is, then, then what happens, if you're yoked to an, to an ass, you're trying to do A, but they pulling you to Z. So now you end up doing Z, and now you got yourself in rebellion. Talking about when they did it, you a whole grown man. You do what you gonna do. But as for me, come on here, Joshua, and my, I refuse. To ignore the voice that's brought me through to come run and chase behind you who ain't got a pot. This is what this means. Now all of this, that word plow, these are all the definitions and they're that long in Hebrew. Isn't that deep? What is God telling us? God says, I don't want you being casual with this, so I made it a commandment. Thou shalt not. Which means if you choose to do it, whatever happens is on you. I pray that every yoke to any asses in your life is broken. Lift your hands. We got to go. Lift your hands. Say every yoke to any ass is broken. If I'm the ass, break my yoke to myself. In Jesus' name. Release a praise for five seconds right there. Five, four, three, two. And this is going to be your best relationship year yet. 
and you're going to be the best version of yourself you've ever been. You may have made some mistakes, but you're not one. You may have had some failures, but you're not one. I wish you lay your hands on yourself, say better, better, better. Asses, let's get to these last two. We got to go. Dogs and pigs. Jesus is loving. He's kind. He's compassionate. He's a good father. He's also petty. We mean Jesus is petty, vision. When I say petty, I mean he says stuff in a way to make you to make sure you know. He could have said it another way. He just wants to make sure you don't ever forget what he said. When I say petty, I, I don't mean coming low. I don't. I don't mean that. My definition of petty is like you know uh, somebody. You sure did tell me. Yep, sure did tell you. That's what I mean. You got it. So when Jesus is speaking, and, and, and a matter of fact, before I do that. Can, can I give you a few things about the ass before I get to the dog and the pig? Okay, let me just give you this real fast before I get to the dog and the pig. We got to go fast. All right, an ass is a metaphor for a stupid person, place, thing, or idea. How do you identify an ass? They're consistently inconsistent. The one thing they do is don't do. They cause disruptions and delays. You know that they're there because something is taking too long to happen. You know that they're there because there's a the disruption. You literally don't even have to ask who's behind it. You know. Okay. Next, they only do well short term. An ass will look like they're doing good until they're too tired to continue going. So their tiredness becomes the ox's tiredness if you are yoked to it. An, an ass is present, but they're not purposeful. They fill a seat, but don't worry about it. Anybody could. Well, who going to do this? Anybody? You will give value to an ass like, oh, my God, but so-and-so has to do that. Anybody can do that. That's not. That's. Okay, let's move to these last two. Okay, let's talk about Jesus being petty. All right, here we go. In Matthew 7 and 6, Jesus Christ, Christ is not his last name, by the way. It's a title. Um, you'll see later on in the New Testament, it shifts to Christ Jesus. Because once he overcomes death, hell, and the grave, his title precedes his name. It's not after his name. For some of you, watch me. You, you want to be recognized for what you haven't done yet. So he had to be Jesus, the anointed one, until he overcame death, hell, and the grave where he was the anointed one, Jesus. All right, let's go. Matthew 7 and 6. Look at how petty this is. He's talking about human beings. Look at the person next to you say, he's talking about you. Uh-uh, say it with some authority. Y'all say he's talking about you. He's talking about human beings. Online, he's talking about human beings. Look at what he says about human beings. He could have said it another way, but I love him because he didn't. He says, do not give what's holy to dogs. What? <laughs> Don't cast your pearls before swine, lest they trample them under their feet, then turn and tear you into pieces. Who's he talking about? Human beings. Okay, Jesus literally says there are some people that have the traits of dogs and pigs. So let's break this verse down and then let's go. Um, do not give what is holy. Distinct or different is what the word holy means. God says there are certain things that you are giving to people who do not qualify for them. To a single person, you giving your body. Let's talk. And I know you got body, yaddy, yaddy. 
But when you give what's distinct and different to a dog and a pig, no wonder why you feel like you've laid down with animals. No judgment. I'm just trying to help you get up and not feel like a pulled pork sandwich. Listen. Some of y'all just feel stretched and pulled. Like All right, look. Deuteronomy 7 and 6. Be holy, church. Deuteronomy 7 and 6. I didn't, I, I didn't, I, I, I didn't mean for it to go that way. Okay, listen. Deuteronomy 7 and 6. De- <laughs> I didn't, yeah, I didn't, I didn't mean for that one to go that way. What I was trying to say is pulled pork, which means you, you, your emotions are all pulled and stretched and everywhere. And now you got all this sauce on you. Well, Jesus, I didn't mean, I did not mean that. I didn't mean that. I really didn't. I really, really didn't. I, I really didn't. I, Come on, get out of praise. Get up and work that camera, boy. Give me my camera, people. My cameraman is laying on the doggone floor. Get up, boy. <laughs> Anthony, I didn't mean to go. Come on, let's move on. <laughs> Come on, bow your hands, close your eyes. If you don't know the Lord, <laughs> I'm going to put some chapstick on. I don't Okay. All right, come on, be spiritual. Let's go. I'm not even going to, we're leaving that analogy alone. How he going to roll on the floor? He the cameraman on the floor. Be spiritual. Let's go. <laughs> Do not give what is holy. To the dogs. That wouldn't have happened had y'all not laughed like that. You're supposed to move on from something. <laughs> okay. All right, here we go. Here we go. That's me. Do not give it to the dogs. What's the dog person? They're impure. What's a dog? They're impudent. What does this mean? They're disrespectful. Let me help some of you ladies who get with disrespectful men. It's only a matter of time before you the one he disrespects. If he can't respect a leader, if he can't respect a man of God, if he can't respect, if he can't respect authority, it's only a matter of time before you calling somebody to come get you. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me. Let me talk to some of you singles who get these disrespectful women. It's only a matter of time before you catch a case behind her. It's quiet in the building. Impudent. They're disrespectful. Okay? What does the dog do? They feed off of others. This is what the definition means in Greek. They're literally predators that go from person to person feeding. 
until they can get everything from them. Do you get what I'm saying? Jesus Christ says some people are dogs. And he says, don't you give them nothing. He didn't say speak to them. Look at me. Look at me. He didn't say lay hands on them and command the spirit of dog to come out. He says, when you see these traits, they're impure. Everything has a, everything has a motive. Everything has an agenda. They're always trying to do something for themselves no matter who they hurt. They're disrespectful. You know what a dog does? Proverbs says a dog returns to their own vomit. If they keep going back to the same mistakes, to the same mess, to the same drama. But let's be honest. You ready? Let's have an honest moment. How many of us can be honest that some of that has been us at some point in the past? You ready? Somebody say, but that's over. All right, let's go. Look at this next part. Nor cast your pearls before swines. <laughs> Got to put an S on me. Before swines. Look what the Bible says. Lest they trample it. This is deep to me. Trample there in Greek, the language of our New Testament, it means they're going to reject you and disrespect you. A pig knows when you're too good for them. You're the only one that doesn't. And this is every relationship type. Pig friends know you're too good of a friend for them. So they ghost you when you're the friend that's good. It's quiet in this building. They will reject you and disrespect you, and they'll preemptively reject you. At a certain point, they figure, they're going to figure out that I'm over here oinking. Pig. Oink. And look what the Bible says. They will um, trample them underfoot. What is the them? Say, my pearls. You'll like this one. In Greek, pearls is margaritas. No, not the ones you drink. <laughs> not the ones you drink. Because <laughs> no. I know some of you are like, that's my confirmation, Bishop. That's my confirmation. With my tacos on Tuesday, I'm for the heavy. But it literally, it, it, it's pronounced differently, but just for the sake of our conversation tonight, it's me. This is your pearls. It says something that's sacred to you. He says, don't give a pig anything sacred. What's sacred? Your time. What's sacred? Your, you know why you give it away so freely? It's because you haven't discovered the value of it. What, what, what's sacred? What's sacred? What's sacred? What's sacred? What's sacred? Your dreams. Joseph shared his pearls with pigs. So what did they do? What did they do? They tried to strip him of his pearls. Y'all ain't gonna say nothing to him. They took his coat of many colors and they tried to say, here comes this dreamer. He thinks he's better than us. I never said that, but evidently the pig in you recognizes that I am. How do you know you're dealing with pigs? They'll call you arrogant and you ain't never done nothing but try to help them. They'll... Y'all ain't going to say nothing to me? You think you're better than us. I've never said that. I've done nothing except try to help you. But the pig in you recognize my pearls. Everybody stand. We got to go. Everybody stand. We got to go. Everybody stand. We got to go. Look what the Bible says. They're going to trample what's sacred to you under their foot. Which means whatever is precious to you, they will trample on it. They don't get it. This is a prop, right? 
Yes. We'll make sure. Okay. All right. They'll trample them. They'll, 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 watch me. They'll trample it. They will, they will step all over your stuff. They ain't going to do right by money because they use yours. It's not sacred to them. They'll just get some more from you. They'll trample over what's sacred to you. Look what the Bible says. And then once they're done, they're going to turn on you. They're going to turn on you. They're going to turn on you. Here's what's crazy about a pig. You keep giving them pearls thinking it's going to make them loyal. The more pearls you give, watch me, it's just ammunition for them to step on. Bible says that they will turn, and look what they're going to do. Then they're going to rip you into pieces. Wow. Bible never says speak to the pig, encourage the pig, ask him not to be a pig no more. No, we got to say this, because everybody listen, because most of us, if we're honest, you've got some combination. You got a cocktail, you got some margaritas of this around you, look at me, or even in you. And tonight, God wanted to confront you because you can't cast out what you are. You can't rebuke what you are. Satan can't cast out Satan. Beelzebub can't cast out Beelzebub. So what did they do? What did Jesus say? They're going to rip you into pieces. This brings me to this last scripture. This is where we're at. This is how we're going to leave tonight. Did you learn something tonight? So David says this, I've dealt with a lot of dogs and pigs and asses. And what did the Bible say they're going to do? Tear you into pieces. So what does David say in Psalm 23, 5? Pay attention. Psalm 20. Come on, this is your, this is your chapter. Some of y'all missed it. You're like, 23. Mm, praise God. Okay, say it with me. Say, I'm in the year 2023, a year of Jubilee. Psalm 23 is speaking to me. Psalm 23 and 3, excuse me, it says, he restores my soul. Which means he allows it to be broken. Look at the screen. But then he builds it to be better. That's literally what restores means. He allows it to be broken. I'm glad... I'm glad you dealt with some asses. I'm glad you dealt with some pigs. I'm glad you dealt with some dogs. Because God says, I allowed that to break you so I could build you back better. He restores my what? My soul, my mind. Your thoughts, your will, your emotions. A pig will have you rolling around in mud and thinking it's fun. You ready? Say, Lord, restore my soul. Starting tonight. Heal me from every ass, pig, or dog I dealt with. Take out of me any aspect of the ass, the pig or the dog. I speak better over all my relationships. I speak better 
over myself in Jesus name now for Psalm 23 worship God for 23 seconds in the building and online come on Bishop why do you have us worship so that you can lock this thing in you Better's coming to your relationships you'll be a better version of yourself you'll be a better wife a better mother a better brother a better husband a better everything you do you'll be better Come on, 10 more seconds, y'all. 10, 9, come on, Wednesday, 8, 7, 6, 5. Let your sound go higher as I count lower. 4, 3, 2, shout better. Shout it again, shout better. So when God restores your soul, what was ripped, what was ripped, what was torn apart, what was broken. When he restores your soul, you felt like this, you looked like this, because so many parts of you were scattered, so many different people. See this? And this is why you sometimes feel unfocused, because there's parts of you all over. Parts of you in North Denver, Parker, south side of Atlanta, west side of Chicago. But when God restores your soul, it's like it was never messed up in the first place. And in fact, it's better. Speak this over yourself. Speak this over yourself. Say in Jesus' name. I am better. With the heads bowed and eyes closed in this building and online, if you need to become a Christian, tonight's your night. Secondly, if you've given your life to the Lord, but you've not been faithful to him, tonight's your night to come back to him. He said, Bishop Foreman, I don't really know where things are at with God, but I sure enough want to be sure tonight, wherever you're at, God came to get you tonight. Maybe he needs to rescue you from one of those three personality types. Maybe he needs to give you a fresh start, new beginning. Whatever that is, he's present here right now in this building and online where the majority of us are. You need to become a Christian, recommit yourself a little, or be sure on the count of three in the building, you're going to slip your hand up. Online, you're going to do the hand wave emoji or simply type these two words, it's me. One, God's coming to get you tonight. No guilt, no condemnation, no shame. Two, if that's you, this is your moment. One, two, three, if that's you, hand up in this building. Online, do the hand wave emoji or say it's me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Everybody pray this for me. Say, Father, thank you for dying in my place. Thank you for your love for me. I confess with my mouth and believe in my heart that you are my Lord and my Savior. Give me the grace to be a faithful Christian from this day forward. If I fall, let me get right back up. No downtime. No spiritual sabbatical. No, you get all of me in Jesus' name. If you just prayed that prayer, heaven is rejoicing. There's a party going on, but we're celebrating in this building and online. Come on, church, we celebrate when people come to the Lord. Never let your Christianity be only about you and us four and no more. He's died for everybody, black, white, tall, short, young, not as young as you used to be, never called yourself old. He died for people with all their teeth. He died for people with no teeth. 
You're dying for people who all their hair is theirs. You're dying for people who had to go buy their hair, but it's still theirs because they got the receipt. Keep your receipts. He died for everybody. Say, everybody's included. Nobody's excluded. Amen. So I need you to take your phone out, scan that QR code, or text the word HARVEST to 55498. Did you make a decision to become a Christian for the first time or recommit your life to Jesus? We want to help you make Christianity a lifestyle and not just a hobby. So just text the word DECISION to 55498. We'll send simple next steps so you know what to do next. We're praying for you and congratulations. Remember, your faithful giving is how we continue to bring life-giving messages like these to you. So bless what blesses you in our app or online at www.harvestchurch.church forward slash give. Remember to love God, love people, and love life. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why they love Viator. They have over 300,000 bookable experiences and something for everyone. Plus, their travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. Viator is a website and app where you can book travel experiences like hiking Mount Kilimanjaro in Tanzania or enjoying the views while cruising on a catamaran in the Caribbean. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. With over 300,000 bookable experiences in 190 countries, there's something for everyone. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. When you book a travel experience with Viator, there's always flexibility and support with free cancellation, payment options, and 24-7 service. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10. That's V-I-A-T-O-R 10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator.